Connect today? Yep, we're connected. Boy, well, there's a refreshing change. Wow. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no about to change right in front of us folks in a big way it would appear here we go on uh, back back from my two-day vacation here at the old euro folk radio network and uh, happy to be connected and talking and uh, have internet and all that kind of stuff it's been a f- couple of days that's unusual i can't remember this ever happening before two days in a row uh regardless thursday we had a little technical snafu couldn't connect to the server for some reason and uh uh, I think it's because of that server switch, but hopefully we'll take care of that in the in the future here as we go forward. Um, yesterday, I got up and everything was good. I was drinking coffee and, uh, you know, I've told you I have a real nice little apartment here that I found. I'm real pleased with it. Been here, Miss October is my 13th month, I guess, and uh, great landlords and they're very, very nice and very sweet, very helpful. And uh, he is an architect and uh so and his wife who just retired in july was working with the uh agency in ecuador that oversees the banking system interestingly enough now she was only a secretary so she didn't get into a lot of the i tried to sit down and talk to her about some of this stuff and it went right over her head but uh she speaks english which is you know helpful and because uh, my spanish is uh, not quite up to Mirko's level uh, and so we, they have uh, a real nice little behind us house here, and it's in a it's in a walled as everything is down here is walled off. They build the walls in Spanish cultures. They build the walls sometime around the property before they ever even start building the house. It's just part of the Spanish culture, and uh, so this is no different. It was a piece of family land, and they uh, put a fence around it, a, a brick wall around it, and Constantina wire on top of that, and all these kind of precautions that people do down here and uh there's i think seven houses on here it's a very interesting family his brother uh the architect's brother is the number one uh, orthopedic surgeon in the country evidently uh operated on correa who is the crooked president here and he does all the soccer stars and stuff and he's got a place here he doesn't stay here i think he probably lives up in quito but it's got a nice place here and there's several other houses, so they have a groundskeeper that has a house on the place that does all the work, and they come out in this little courtyard, which I face here in uh, the other house, and clean it up. You know, uh, got a lot of trees on the property. It's Ecuador. Everything grows here, a lot of shrubs and leaves and stuff they need to clean up from. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, they do it occasionally. He came out yesterday and started mowing the lawn and stuff, and on my apartment, I've got he he incorporated all his favorite architectural features into this apartment that's what makes it really such a neat little place and it's got seven skylights in it well skylights are notorious for leaking if you've ever been around construction and uh, they've got a drainage system up there because of all the falling leaves and everything if it gets clogged up it if it, it uh 
comes into my place. I had it happen one time here. I'm just lucky it didn't pour on my computers because it did pour on the desk, but nothing got wet, thank goodness. So anyway, he, he takes special precautions to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. And yesterday, the guy gets up there to clean the roof, and I heard him up there, and I was listening to something on video, and I was trying to communicate with actually one of John's old friends, a retired airline pilot who lives in Panama now. And... uh so all of a sudden, boom, the Internet goes off. Well, I knew exactly what, because I heard him scratching around on the roof. And I figured he yanked a wire, which is inevitably what happened. Uh, so anyway, I was down for, you know, most of the day. And uh, Marcelo, who's the uh, Duaneo, uh Merco recognized that, who's the owner. And uh, he's he's always Johnny on the spot when I got a problem, man. And it got cut off, and I went out there, and he hustled off to the Internet people. And so he had somebody out here. Uh, I guess I got reconnected about 3.30 or 4 yesterday. But anyway, uh, that's just one of those things, you know. And I know y'all were all very concerned, and, and I appreciate all that. And I did end up hooking up with the board here, I think, after the show through Jack. Uh, and cell phone, so y'all know it's all right. I figured you're probably freaking out. Massad's got him. They've they've killed him. Well, no, he's still here. Uh, I think they got too many other things to worry about than this right here at the moment. So uh, that's kind of the events over the last couple of days. I did. It was good to have a couple of days off. I, I really have to admit, and uh, I got to uh, go wash. Uh, you know, I hadn't because I've been working seven days a week now for a while, about six, eight weeks or something, and so I haven't been doing the. I used to take Saturdays off and do you know clean the apartment. It's pretty easy to clean and uh, wash clothes and all that stuff. But I hadn't washed a load of clothes in like two months, so I had a huge load. I had to wash and went through all. All that yesterday so it was productive um and uh, here we are back and i think we've uh, maybe plugged the gap here with paul our our on on board buddy paul working with our other buddy paul from england and hopefully if we have any of these little technical snafus like thursday paul can take care of it here instead of having to uh see if we can get paul when he's not busy and sees the message and does whatever he needs to do wave his wand over the server so hopefully we'll get all that taken care of and move forward judiciously. So I hope all y'all are doing good. I appreciate all the all the thank yous. We're worried about you and all that. And you know I maintain that what I've tried to, build, I've tried here to build here was uh, was uh, who's got the who's got the where's that, where's that echo coming from? Please. Echo coming from? Please. Somebody hit your mute. Thank you. Uh, I've tried to build a family type organization here a team if you will because as we've said so many times teams always accomplish more than individuals and uh so it becomes like a family here we get together regularly we talk a couple hours a day about things that are important we're all like-minded and uh that gives us a special bond so i do appreciate that and the fact that there was what somebody say a hundred people yesterday on the board i guess brent did a real good show right as usual yeah. So, yeah. Kind of fun. Yes. Who uh, is that? Joe, Jeff, Anthony. Who is that? Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Let me tell my story real quick because I've uh, got to go in and oh. meet up with others. And so yesterday I was on my way to work and I was doing 10 miles over the 40 mile speed limit. And so a cop pulls me over. And so I was prepared. So I handed him my bill of sale saying, this is 
substitute for registration. Here's my proof of insurance, and here's my ID. I gave my passport card his ID. He hands me back the bill of sale without reading it. It's to wallet text. He goes back to his cruiser, and about seven or eight minutes later, he comes back and gives me nice stuff. <clears throat> and uh, he asked me, well, why did you give me the passport card? I told him, well, I'm not driving a commerce. But you've got a driver license still. I said, mm, yeah. And it hasn't expired yet. Yeah. Well, I, why didn't you present that instead of the passport card? And my answer was because I was not driving in commerce. And he was cool. He was very uh, professional. Actually, I like the guy. I mean, I think he deserved the compliment, actually. And so he said, well, I'm just going to give you a warning. You know what you ought to do, Jeff? I'm going to stop you for a second. You ought to write a little letter in about that and send it to his boss. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, so I went on my merry way to work, and yeah, no problem. And I didn't have any adrenaline surges either because I figured, nope, I was prepared, and he had all the information he needed. And so on the ticket, uh, you know, the receipt of the interaction, not a ticket, the warning, you know, he had all the info, the license plate and all that kind of stuff. But he didn't give me any kind of crap about anything. And then he said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you can ask me anything. Go ahead, ask me anything. <laughs> and that's when he asked me about, you know, the license, driver license instead of the passport card. And so it was a good experience. Yeah. Uh, I want to comment a couple of things on this. I, 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 sure. I loved your, uh, your comment about you had no adrenaline. Because yep. what that demonstrates is that Jeff has learned the information. He's in command of it. He gets in that situation, and his knees aren't knocking on the side of the road, which most of people's would be. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, again, learn the information. Have command of it. Jeff is re-empowered. And you can tell that from the story he just told us. Okay? And the only reason he's gotten that is because he's been on this board with us on this show for years, and he's learned the information to the point where he's regurgitating in other outlets. And so he's got his re-empowerment, and he's comfortable, and he stood up there and looked at the results. Okay. As a matter of fact, during the day, I forgot that I had been stopped. Except, you know, one, one customer asked me, are you having a great day? And I told her, I'm having a great day. I got stopped by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go another another uh in life uh on live demonstration of what we preach here okay yes sir so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump off and go meet up with eli and others and i'll tell him hi for you you got you meeting with eli today oh yes sir momentarily what is he in the uh is he in the dfw area yeah that's close enough about 120 miles east okay yeah tyler Tyler? DeKalb, Texas. Okay, what's he doing? A little uh, a seminar over there or what? Oh, I'm sure he's going to uh, speak on Christian identity, get these pagan worshipers into the right mindset. Okay, well, bring up the... Bring up to any of those people, if they're still pagan worshipers, this fact that if you go to the back of Genesis and the first of Exodus, you got pages of these begats. They're all male. You're only a Jew if your mother was a, was a Jew. So how are those people the people of the book? I don't know if I've posed that to Eli or not, but, boy, that one, that is a, uh, that's a whole card right there. 
Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. I'll talk to you all okay, later. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Be careful out there. Oh, you bet. All right. Good hey. deal. Hey, yep. Roger. Yes. Who's this? Roger. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Roger. Ella. Hello, Ella. Are you there? I am. Moment, Hi, moment uh, for the I'm moment. I'm so glad that uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that everything was all right. Is just the you know with the internet connection, but I wanted to um, give special thanks and to you too about Brent. I'm so glad Brent is on your show Friday. Uh, you know, and from Ella, I got to tell you, his, I'm going I want to interrupt you for ahead. a second. From the very first time Brent right, and I ever got on the air together, mm-hmm. we were a team. I mean, yes. it, it happened. All, honestly, it's so yeah, natural, and it, it, the chemistry is there between he and I, and that's an unusual yes. effect, and uh, it's just developed into what it has. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to make that comment. Oh, well, Roger, that's what you have to do sometimes, and I get it. Um, it's kind of like I have to do that, too, and everybody else. But by him being on the show, and I think, you know, going up to his web page and so forth, um, I absolutely got convicted. I'm so glad. Uh, something that I heard on the radio, and it was so revolting, Roger. It just, it almost made me feel, I felt physically ill. And it was in part, you know, it was in part of what I have been learning and what the media is um, force-feeding the public and the acceptance of uh, homosexuality. That's repulsive. And I heard something so, it's repulsive. I heard, I won't even go into detail, but I heard something so repulsive. It was from, and I won't name the, Big chain oh, broadcasting units. Well, name them. Oh, name them. We ain't hiding anything here. Clear, name the clear son channel. of a bitches. Clear channel. They're the one of the worst. Clear channel. Sell you a, a, a I can't clear channel. Me. Right. Yeah. Clear channel. They're bad. Yes. And Thanks. I heard something so revolting, and I was I was driving, and I I felt like I wanted to get sick, and it really. You know what? There's two roads. They're both really narrow. And which one do you want to walk down? And when I heard that, it made me, it's, it's, I don't watch cable television or anything like that. But now, I don't even want to listen to, the only thing I'm listening to is Caleb. Is who? You know, when I'm, we, it's a Christian station. Oh, okay. You know, and gotcha. I listen to that. Yeah, for music and you know, while I'm what, what did you they know, say? driving a truck, you know, I got to have something going on. Right. What did they? What did they say that uh, you reacted to that way? Just Hold the, on. Just the covering of of all of the I, sodomite I'm, I'm, stuff, or what? It, it it was a talk show. There's a talk show that broadcasts from six to ten, and they have um, people calling in. That you know, like, uh, why didn't you know they went out on a date, and how come that person didn't get back to them? So they'll have those two people on air. So they have two sodomites on air. Oh, 
and the explanation, uh, they, they, they hooked up, essentially, they hooked up on the first date. And the description of this guy. Of course. Uh, uh, it, it was gross. It was just gross. But they allowed this on the radio. They allowed the description, the sexual intercourse that they were having. Oh, my God. It was gross. Yeah, it's repulsive. It, it was, the, you know what, Roger? I was so convicted, so convicted. And I'm glad that I was. And I'll tell you, the road gets really narrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, you know, that kind of crap and these uh, huge conglomerates, you can thank Newt Gingrich for. He's the one that, uh, when he got to be Speaker of the House, he held over a lame duck session of Congress so they could vote that in, the Deregulation Act. And the other thing they did in that same session, if my memory serves me correct, is NAFTA. So that's mm-hmm. that's Newt Gingrich, okay? Yeah, who is now retired to Italy. Right. Maybe he's retired to Italy. Maybe he'll get uh, get involved in a Indian Italian revolution over there or something. Because uh, they're about to have one. Okay, <laughs> from what a guy I heard uh, last night on rents. Um. So anyway, well, Ella, you know that's out there, and it's the. Uh, they're they're force feeding and see again what are they doing all this stuff under presumption they just push forward they keep pushing forward and nobody stops them and they keep pushing they've accomplished Mm -hmm. their goal just like all this presumption they do Mm -hmm. with all the technical legal stuff we talk about here it's all done under presumption same same methodology so Um, may i add something of course uh what thank you dear um, there's a, a man and woman, male, female, on this program. They've been on doing this, this broadcast for 20 years plus, and she claims to be a Christian, but she accepts what she hears. She accepts that. Yeah, well, a lot of so, them accept um, that, uh, it, you know, that yeah. Israel is the chosen Mecca, and they're the chosen people, too, so, you know, don't put that... Mm-hmm. Don't put that out of perspective. These people are gullible. Right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Hey, thank you for the input there, Ella. So has anybody else got anything interesting that's happened in the last couple of days you'd like to comment on? He's a false prophet. Okay. There's somebody there. Was that John? No, sir. This is Arthur from Northern Virginia. Well, Arthur, it's the first time we've spoken, I believe. How you doing? A second time, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Okay, you? what part of the what, what, refresh my memory since it's the second time here? What part of Northern Virginia do you live in? Um, I'll say an hour outside the Beltway. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably not far enough, but maybe you feel secure. It, it's outside the blast radius, so it's, okay. it's, it's all right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can we help you, author? Well, I do have one fundamental question but i did want to relay some information about the w8ben okay uh, which has been suggested for use on on the show right so i did some contract work for an organization and they said oh we're we're ready to send you the payment you just have to send a w9 and i said well i i sent a copy of my affidavit and cover letter what i sent to the irs first off sit here okay for your records for your records right and they said, "Okay, well, this isn't enough. We need a W nine and uh, and uh, 
a W-8 if you're not a citizen. So I filled out a W-8 as best I could. I read the directions. And in the, in the directions for part one, line two, where it says country of citizenship. It says if you're not a citizen of a country, list the country that you were previously a citizen. So I put it in the United States. Okay. I didn't hear anything for, for about a month. Okay. So this is probably incorrect, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. Um, didn't hear anything for a month. So I follow up and said, hey, is everything cool with this? Uh, is it check in the mail? What's going on? And they said, oh, oh, we meant to get in touch with you. You forgot to check a box right above the signature. It says that I have the capacity to sign for the above. So, okay. So I checked the box and I send it back. And I got a, immediately got a response. Oh, this says you're a citizen of the U.S., so you have to use I-9 or something like that. If you don't, if you put it in another country, you leave it blank. You're bas- we're basically going to withhold 30% of what we're going to pay for you. Okay. Is that where so, that's where it stands, or have you had any other? That's where it stands right now. That my response to them was, okay, here's an alternative method that you can pay me. I have a private company. Can you just do a point of sale purchase kind of thing? So um, they haven't responded yet, but but that's well, that's interesting. So, what country were you previously? You put U.S. You should, maybe mm-hmm. you could have put federal U.S. versus USA, right? So. I'm thinking, I'm guessing, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, that if you don't put a country that has a tax treaty with the U.S. that exempts you from them withholding the 30% that they're going to do it anyway. Could be. Could be. But, of course, your national status exempts you from that. and It's not a foreign country necessarily. It's a foreign political status. Right. Well, let, let us know how it turns out. You know, this is all this maneuvering through all this paperwork. Somebody opening their potato chips there or something. Hey, Susie. Susie's Sorry. Open. That's okay. <laughs> are, are they good? Arthur, uh, keep, us in the loop. keep us in the loop on that, Arthur, would you? Absolutely will. Thank you. Roger. Uh, yes. Roger. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it it made me cracked up about the potato chips the other day. One of your programs suddenly flushed the toilet. And you said, "Am I garbage?" <laughs> well, some people would agree with you that. You have the quickest responses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> A toilet flushing on the program. Oh my god! <laughs> so I did have one quick follow up. Okay, um, hold on. All right, go ahead, Arthur, a follow-up. So, so here's my follow-up, and this is, maybe this is a question of the basics, is as, as w- what are we a citizen of, if we are a citizen? You're a citizen kind of, of the United... Treat- okay, hold on, I'm, I'm explaining it to you, and you see how this falls together, okay? Draw, in your minds, draw two parallel vertical lines, okay? And at the first left one, we're going to put the original status, so first, you were a citizen of the state, and if you were a citizen of the state, you were a citizen of the nation, United States of America, because there was no federal citizenship. So this is where they're pulling the term national, okay? And in the after the Civil War, instead of getting your rights from God here over on the left to the state citizen to the citizen of the nation, you get your civil rights from the federal government. They're playing God, and you're a citizen of the United States first and a state citizen second, but only if you reside. See, they just flipped them. 
But the way they get the term national is United States of America is a national citizen. United States is a federal citizen. That's it's pretty pretty clear cut when you look at it like that, and and really simple to uh, internalize. So technically, we are citizens of the United States of America. Yeah, and you can see that right in Title Twenty Eight. If you go over to that's Treasury, okay, Title Twenty Eight of the United States Code, the section is seventeen forty six. And right in there, they've got penalty of perjury, and they've got one within and one without, and that's what the language they use, okay? And the only difference in those two jurats, penalties of perjury, is the words of America in the without, and it doesn't have them in within. So there, there's your illustration right there in the United States Code. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Hey, Roger. Yes, Marka. Hi. Um, good morning. Uh, I have Andrew in the chat. He wants to get in there and ask a question for him well, and himself and Patty. All right. Well, Andrew, front and center. Hit the mute. Find the mute. Hit the mute, and let's communicate and have some social intercourse. Author. No, it wasn't author. It was who? Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Okay. Hey, on. Roger. His his thing seems to not be working, hey. but he's asking about state taxes. Okay. Well, state taxes depend on federal taxes. Uh, Ron Hoffman brought us the actual Georgia statute, and what, you're supposed to take what your numbers from the federal taxation form and plug them into the state form. Well, if you don't know any on the federal form, I don't guess you have any to bring over to the state form, do you? Yes, sir. That's I was. This is Adam. I was talking to him as well, and I'm reading through the Alabama code, and it basically the gist of it is: if you owe federal taxes, then you owe state taxes. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem to go the other way. Yeah, well, it can't go the other way because it's a federal tax scheme that's incorporated the states. And what they're if I remember right, Adam, there's five states that don't have income tax. Tennessee and Florida are two. Mon- yes, sir. Montana or Wyoming is another one. Nevada is another one, and I don't remember the other one. But there's five states that didn't used to have uh, income tax. Of course, Florida makes up for that because of their tourism, and they charge the tourists. Okay, that's, why, that's how they're able to not do it. And then some of them try and make it up in property taxes, if I'm not mistaken. Probably well. could. Yep, yep, probably could. So I hope that a- answered your question. If you don't know federal, you don't know state because you got to take the figures from the federal form and plug them into the state form. Now, when you put the IRS on notice, uh, again, this is a development. You know, it's a process we're in here. Um, I would also CC IRS and your local, your state tax division that that has been on file with the IRS. Right. Okay. He also had a question about when you send off for your passport and it comes back, will it look any different than any other I'm passport? I'm glad you brought that up. I had an email last night from a, a new gal 
and uh, I guess first time I've communicated with her anyway, and she's going, well, I did this. I went, so got to know Scranton, Pennsylvania, went, went up and got an appointment and I went in and I'm going dealing with the post office guy. And I told him, I want my passport to reflect that I'm a national. And the guy got an attitude about it and wouldn't deal with her. Okay. So right. she said she, she presented a driver's license and something else and he wouldn't accept it as identification. Folks, don't try and settle this with a damn postal clerk for God's sakes. <laughs> How silly are you people? Learn the information, though. What counts is that that affidavit is in possession of the Secretary of State, not that the damn postal clerk is going to go through all this or understand any of it. Right. I think what it is is there's so many people out there selling snake oil, basically. Well, let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what I think is going on here. People are so anxious to get the pressure off of them. Here's a pressure relief valve. They don't learn the damn information. They don't get familiar with the process, and they go in and do stupid stuff like that right there. Right. Well, Roger, I had a problem with the Postal Service. They wouldn't even accept my affidavit, and they told me that Okay, go ahead, Nadine. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you finish, and I'm going to tell you what you needed to do. Go ahead. No, go ahead. There's a. It's in their own instructions. It's in the instructions. We've covered it. Warning, capital letters. You can attach documentation, comma, including affidavits. That's in the instructions. How could the postal people not accept that? He would not accept it. Well, they go 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 to a. They didn't need my affidavit. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, you do. Cause and this is I showed him the warning box. All right. And what did he say? He said, if you're not a U.S. citizen, then we can't help you. It says uh, passports are time. issued to U.S. citizens slash nationals right on the passport. Right on the passport, that language is. And you could show him in the oath, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. See here? There's two, at least two. See, that's why you got to have command of this information if you run into any of those people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, and it, you, you are, I don't know how many post offices there are in Jonesboro, okay, but go find another one. Yeah, I have an appointment for the 31st. Okay. But you Roger, see, this absolutely. is this all this goes back to you learning the information and having command of it and having the comfort level and being empowered to some extent and be able to be a belligerent claimant. Sir, that's not your decision. Your job is to process this application. What I include with it is right here in the instructions and getting instructions to do it. And your job is to accept it and mail it to the passport people. Yeah, you can get on uh, the federal website for the post office and print off their rules that they have to follow, and they have to accept stuff like that. They don't have a choice. See, and again, what our role here is partially is re-educating people. Just like I've educated you guys, your job is to go out and educate others. And you can't do that. Again, I'm going to circle back or get redundant here. If you don't know the information, none of this stuff happens. 
Yes, Adam, I did print that out, so I'm going to be armed next Good, time. Good, Nadine. You get in there and confront them, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not your choice as to what goes in this. It's your choice to get what I give you and get it to the passport people. That's your job as an administrating agent, not to make some kind of legal decision that's plainly, plainly uh, uh, co- contradicted by your own damn instructions. And if he doesn't do that, I'm going to take names. No, here's what you do. No, here's what you do, Nadine. If they don't do that, you ask him to speak to the supervisor. I did speak to the supervisor. He told oh me. Oh my gosh. What the, what the yeah, su- that's what. I, what the supervisor? I'm going to take the name of. He told me the same thing that the um post the official said. Okay, and then your next question is: What's the first step in my administrative appeal? Okay. It might even help to take someone, especially maybe, I hate, I'm not trying to be uh, sexist or anything like that, but it might help to take a male with you because people have a tendency to just treat females however they feel like. You know, and I hate hate to say I agree with that, Nadine, and I know how. You know, some of these people are just go in there and assert yourself. You're totally within your rights, their instructions and everything else. And what are you doing making a legal decision here? Mr. Clerk, Mr. Post Office Clerk, what who, who authorized you to make a legal decision when your instructions, according to this process, totally contradict what you're telling me? Mm hmm. Or drive 10 or 15 minutes and find another post office. Yeah, there, there's the other thing is go find a clerk who's willing to cooperate, you know. Roger. Yes. The clerk that uh, uh, Brent Buckman ran into tried the same thing. And what Brent said was he pointed to the box and says, because that says I can. There you go. Seeing that, and again, just being assertive. That's belligerency right there, even though, and, oh, buddy, I'm telling you what, if you're standing in front of Brent Bachman, you'd want to do anything the guy said. Yeah. Well, he pointed <laughs> yes, to Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> because that says I can, and the guy asked him, well, what's it for? He said, that's between me and the Secretary of State. That's right. Although he could have used that moment to maybe educate the guy, okay? So however you feel comfortable, but if you don't know the information and have some kind of empowerment going on, you're not going to be able to have a successful conversation with that guy. Hey, Roger, I've got a question um, about the passport. So is there one that's the three-star versus the five-star? I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay any attention to that crap. What counts is that your affidavit's in possession of the Secretary of State. It doesn't matter what the passport says. Okay. All right. That's Um, my feeling on it. I know some of you guys are anal about it, but that's – I don't go chasing that. We found that they classify people several different ways. They've got an internal classification system. It's posted on the website. I believe Paul put it up there. And you can go see these numerical designations and see what they mean. Okay, but we've had them designate people as a diplomatic courier. We've had them uh, designate people as an ambassador at large. We've had them designate people as nationals. But it seems to be at their whim. But obviously, they're trying to cover this up. I think this is what's happening. Okay, 
don't y'all all agree that they've gone to great lengths to cover this up? 100%. Okay. So do you think that they're going to put like a neon sign on your on your card going, uh-oh, she caught us. She's a national. Right. They're not going to do that. Okay. Well, that's why the cover part of the passport specifically says citizen or national. Correct. I mean, they've already covered that. That's correct, see? And what really matters, and I understand everybody wants, a, you know, a flashing neon sign saying you're a national. I understand it. They're not going to do that. I also understand their side here. What really counts, and it's especially, I think, um, during the passports processing thing, if you've got that paperwork in there, they've got to file it. Okay. And people are anal about them not filing it. The process, we got that feedback from Dave in Orlando here a couple of weeks ago. And the guy said, look, we're getting so many of these that they're having to have special classes for employees on how to process them correctly. Correctly was the word he used. Okay. So, and I know everybody, I know you're dealing with liars, thieves, and murderers. Okay. And we all expect them to do exactly the wrong thing, but this is internal bureaucracy here and processes that are installed in their processing routine. And it's my feeling that if you include one of those in with the passport application, it's going to get filed. If you still don't believe that, you can always go back, give them, you know, and go back and FOIA your administrative file just to make sure you can do that. Okay. Speaking of the FOIA, um, when I was chatting with you the other day, uh, you didn't know anything about the My E-Verify. Maybe worth checking into. I did go in there, and you can file the FOIA on there on the same website, which I did. Um, so who knows when I'll get that back. Okay. Um, were you specific in your request? I I would like to think so. It gave me a paragraph to type it in. Saying okay. I'm trying to confirm my status as a state national. No, that's not what um, you want to do. Oh. You want to put in there all documents relating to stat, political status or citizenship or citizenship evidence, all that, all documents pertaining to citizenship evidence or all documents associated with the filing or the issuance of a passport. You've got okay. to be specific in your FOIA or they're going to write you back and tell you they are unresponsive to your request. Okay, well, here's why I think my status has been corrected in the system. So I did that my e-verify. I know maybe that's something you need to look into. I put in state national and all my information. You're not a state national. You're a national or a U.S. national. national. You're not an American national. You're a U.S. national or a national. Those are the two terms. Hold on. Those are the two terms they use in all the paperwork. And our people always want to add some adjective in there that isn't in any statute code or regulation. Okay. Well, it gave me three choices to pick from, and I picked the obvious one that I was trying to be. And it came back with, congratulations, you are able to work in the U.S. Based on that information that you gave us. How nice. Yeah, so I think that confirmed it. Another thing that I think confirmed it is, um, and I wanted to ask you about this, and it pertains to a tax form. Um, I've been an Airbnb host for, I don't know, five, six years. I've had a W-9 on file for years. They've never asked me for anything new or any updates. All of a sudden, I'm getting, you need to update your status with the IRS. So 
the, um, Did I have you... to fill out this form, yeah. and um, I was going to ask you about it. I um, I have to fill it out, or the, otherwise they won't send my payout, right? So I've got a form of like the choice of a W nine or a W eight B E N. Which I I'm think guessing, that's I think that may be the one you want. That's that's what I'm thinking too. It <laughs> makes the most sense. It just says I'm not a U.S. tax resident. And I have a U.S. listing, but don't file a U.S. tax return. So I figured that was the most obvious. So between those two things, I feel like, okay, something got corrected on their end, and they got notified. Must have. It sounds like Airbnb is a real bad New World Order organization. Uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother is one of the owners of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware they're a very woke organization. Yes, they're uh, a bunch of Jew, a bunch of sub- yeah. Sabbatean Zionist Jew bastards is what they are. Yeah, yeah. So I'll use it until I can't. Hopefully I can continue to. I hate giving them money, but, you know, whatever. It is a source of income or, you know, yeah. compensation. I would not want right. to call it income. What's the correct terminology? It's not wages, and that and that would be considered, what, compensation? <laughs> Um, you know that even the Supreme Court can't decide on the word income. Mm. Okay. You know, income technically is is something from investment that comes back, not from you working. You're right. you're doing you're bartering your time and energy in exchange for this payment. It's an even payment, and not something that produces a better word for income is is gain actually you know gain is legitimate in other words if you you got a bull and you take it over to your neighbor's calf and you have or a cow and you have two calves so you take one and the other one takes the other one that's gain okay that's not income gotcha energy exchange yep Uh, that's exactly what i tell them exchanging my my labor for uh you know how how could you phrase that for receipt of payment and um and then last thing and i'll let somebody else go ahead so i i guess my next step is the passport so make sure that i have a, a rock solid affidavit to go with that application passport process right right have you already submitted one cold no, nothing yet. I would do that. Roger. I would Good hold job. on. Hold on just a second, Mike. I would submit the naked affidavit first, go onto the website, and there's this little document how to file a national affidavit. File one first to the Secretary of State cold, then wait a couple of days and then follow up with your passport application. Okay. All right. I'll do that. And that way you're getting them double covered, okay? Okay. All right. Now, was that Thank Mike you. trying to say something? Yeah, the term is enumeration. Okay, there you go. Remuneration. Thank you, Mike. Enumeration. Enumeration. I thought yeah, it was an e. Okay, I thought it was re. Enumeration. That's, oh. No, it's enumeration. That's the term when you exchange your labor for pay. Okay, there you go. Roger? Yes, sir. Yes, this is Todd Need in Arizona. Hi, Todd. I uh, I sent my application passport application in over four weeks or I'm sorry eight weeks ago. Uh, I was able to determine that it was picked up, but there's been no uh, 
no activity okay. on it at all. All right. What you do is you can go on the state travel.state.gov and find it somewhere, or you can wait till Monday and call the State Department. There's a website that you can go to and track the processing of your of your passport. I've already done that, and there's no information available. Well, I'd call the State Department and ask for the Passport Department and tell them you've got an application that's lost somewhere. I called them, too, and got nothing from them. Well, then I got, so no, I got, it, no, I got no answers for you, then. It might be because uh, there's so many applications in right now. But, uh, I God, did I hope find so. A, find a site that I could email them, and I did email them a question, but I haven't heard back yet. Okay, Todd. Well, I got no answers for that. You should be able to track it on that tracking site. If you can't find it and find the application your tracking site, that's what I'd come back to them on. Look, I've, I, 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 I submitted this. It's been eight weeks. I've checked on your processing site. I can't find it. Nobody can give me any answers. What's going on? Yeah, I did all that in the email. Okay. Well, just wait and see on their answer. Claude? Yeah. Was it a DS-82 or a DS-11? It was the 82. 82. So you just mailed it in? Did you mail it certified, return receipt request? I did did mail it certified, return receipt. I did not get the uh, green card back, but I did... uh, was able to determine that it was picked up in Washington, D.C. Okay, they've signed for it, and it shows that, right? Well, that's another part of your argument here. Yeah. Or your your, your query, I should say, probably. Right. Okay, Todd. Well, you know, it's a... It's sometimes stuff falls through the cracks. You're just going to have to stay on top of it. I got no answers for how they process passports. Well, I'm hoping it's because there's so many in there that uh, well, they can't keep up with it. That'd be a good hope, and I'd join you in that. I hope that I want to see these some bitches flooded with these things. Amen. <laughs> Claude? Yes. This is Ron in Georgia, and just to give you some feedback, um, it took about three weeks for my passport application I sent in to show in their system that they even were, were processing it. Uh, it wasn't just like a week. It was two to, th- it was really three weeks. And then really the only thing I got this Monday, it said yours has been approved. You should be getting your passport soon. And I've already gotten the book back, but it was like, boom, they just did it. There wasn't like a step one, step two. That was my experience. And that's current. And look, I'm going to add to Ron, cause you said something pretty important there. Your book and your card do not come back. They got a, you sent that card off to some other place that laminates it and does it, and it comes under separate cover, generally behind the passport book. Yeah, about a week. I've got to, re- I got to renew mine right now. I've been, I've been procrastinating. Did you pay for expedite? Ron, did you pay to expedite it? Yes, I paid to expedite it. I sent it priority mail up there. And so, yes, it was expedited. Okay, good deal. I think it was like $238, and it was a DS-82. Okay, now let me tell you this, too, and this is what I learned a long time ago. If you're going to put pay the extra fee, how much was it to expedite it? 60 bucks or something, Ron? It's $60. Okay. So if you're going to pay the extra $60 and you put the expedition there on the passport, if you're going to do that, they ask you for travel dates. Right, Ron? They did not ask for travel dates, no. Really? Well, that may on have been the, ch- uh, On the 11, they do. Uh, the 82. 
They may you, not. You, anyway, they do. what I was told years ago, if you put, if you expedite it and pay to have that done and you don't put travel dates in there, your application goes to the bottom of the expedition stack. If you put travel dates in there, it goes to the top of the expedition stack. Again, this is one of those gray areas. I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't proffer in any way, shape or form lying to these people. You, you do not want to lie on a passport application. They take that crap real seriously. Just go to orbits and do I need reser- to uh, put in a travel date? reserve it yeah and then cancel the flight or something do you need do you need me to go over that story that happened to that guy 12 years ago when i first got into this greeny you all heard that before okay there was a guy who's retired army this was a news story okay it was right when i first started doing shows with bennett and uh guy who's retired army used to work down in guantanamo and he had earlier in his life he had somehow applied for a passport you know, we know now the specifics. If it's first time passport, you got to do an eleven and be in front of an administrating agent. Somehow, this guy got an application in that was unsigned. Years later, he goes back to apply for a passport. There's a question on there: Have you ever applied for a passport before? He checked no. They found that old unsigned application, and he'd been in jail down in Florida for six months and was having to write the senator of the state of Florida to try and get him out of jail, which I think he eventually did. But that right there is an illustration of how seriously they take any kind of lying on one of these documents. Don't do it. That's my problem with copper moonshine still. I had some guy write me that, well, should I go through the copper moonshine still thing first and then do yours? I'm going, hey, man, I don't know. It's your, it's your damn freedom. Okay, I don't know about all I know about the copper moonshine still process that stuck out to me is they tell you to answer no to the two questions. Are your parents citizens of the United States? And to me, that's a lie. Okay, if they're not. And so uh, I don't know why they haven't come back on them. I just don't know. But I do know you don't want to lie to them on this document. And I wrote that guy back. He said, well, they're not lying. Well, it is to me. Hey, Roger. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did my passport application, and then I guess they put the affidavit in there. Okay. And they sent back my birth certificate. Would yeah. they have sent me back a copy of my affidavit? You know, it's there? funny. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, it says if with the uh, – with our gentleman from Arizona earlier, we're talking about the site where you can go in and check your passports process on the processing. Right. And in in there, they'll tell you your birth certificate and citizenship evidence will be sent back to you under separate cover. And so sometimes people have gotten the affidavit sent back, and then they're freaking out because now they don't think it's filed. Okay? Right, right. So, so I don't know. I don't know the rhyme or reason. I, I know in that if you if your if your passport's getting processed and you go to that site and look back on there, when you get to certain areas, they have these little pop up messages, and those what I just told you were in these little pop up messages. 
So I don't, I don't know if they send it back to you, you might want to turn it right back around, tell a cover letter. Uh, I submitted this with a passport application. This was sent back to me. I want to make sure it's on file and just send it straight again, like a cold affidavit to the secretary of state, just to double check for your own peace of mind. Roger. Yes, sir. I have a question if Charlie's on the board with us today. Charlie, Charlie are you there? Jitsi calling Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess uh, not. Because, uh, she gave me a she gave me a call yesterday and she turned me on to a piece of information and it is absolutely awesome and very important for people that are having difficulty with either the definition of person or uh, whether or not the uh, IRS regulations apply to them or whatever. It covers all of that. Really? And I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'm going to let her let her right. talk about well, it. Well, she'll probably show up here, if not later in the show, to, next week we can talk about it. Person's very easy if you know that R plus D equals R formula. I mean, that's why I say if you go to the trouble and to learn that and internalize it and work with it a bit in your mind, it, it, it'll take you a little bit of time. You know, I mean, it's not inordinate, but... Uh, I, this is the promise I can make to you. If you'll learn that right there, they can never fool you again. If that's enough incentive for you, go study it. Right. Hey, hey Roger. Hey, Roger. Hey, All right, hold on. We're going to defer to the female first. Yes. This is Cindy from Missouri. This oh, hey, Cindy. Hey, this is just a quick question. John and Kathy was on Monday. I heard you guys at the end of the show. I thought I could catch it on the show. It must have been after the show. Talking about the C60 oil. Right. Uh, C60. Right. What was there that was said about um, Sarah Westall, the C60 that she brought on? Can you tell me that? Well, I can give you a little bit of information. I'm going to tell you uh, if any of you want to participate in this. Uh, Merca and Monica have set up a call. Is it November the 2nd? Merca? Yes. Yes, okay, November and, 2nd. and you've gotten a hold of Bob Greska and this other guy that's come to the forefront lately with a similar product with silver, colloidal silver. And you've got both of them scheduled on that call, isn't that correct? Yes, Monica got a got it scheduled and we have it set up for 6:30 Is that on Pacific. Pacific, so it'd be 8:30 Central and 9:30 uh Eastern. Um, and I'll tell you what, why don't you send that, if you could send that information to Paul when we get the link and all that stuff, and he can put something on the website there for everybody in general, should anybody want to participate in this. Cindy, do you need some background on this? Because I've got, I, I had Bob Gresk on this program when, when we started years ago, okay? Um, no, because uh, I've been taking C60, but okay. I got mine off of the, um, Sarah Westall thing, and okay. I heard them say something about, well, until she came on and she did this, and she, and then I missed it, and I tried to go back and find it, and I'm like, right. okay, so do I need to up my game here? Well, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I think you, with your background, will appreciate it. Okay, sure. The way they manufacture C60, it came out of research with nanotube technology. Okay. And the way that they manufacture it, my understanding is they get a vacuum and they put two carbon rods in there and then they shoot really, really high voltage through there. And it causes literally kind of an explosion. Okay. And out of that comes nanotubes. 
And in all these varieties of this carbon molecule, we concentrate on C60. There's C80, C70, C50, all that kind of stuff are in there too, okay? And what they do to separate the nanotubes and to get these carbon molecules out is they float a solvent through there. Generally, my understanding is it's toluene. Are you familiar with toluene? I know the word. It's a real nasty, nasty thing you get in a lot of paints and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Right. And so the toluene is highly evaporative. So it they run toluene through that substance. The carbon molecules float on the toluene, and they take it out, and the toluene evaporates, and then the carbon-60 and the others are right there left. But they're clumped. And so they've got to go in as best they can and, un, and crush down these sub-microscopic uh, particles into, into as small a size as they can get. And so you very well may have some residues of a very poisonous substance, toluene or whatever they use to do it. And you've also got carbon-60 that's clumped. Bob Greska has a proprietary process. Evidently, it was invented by a NASA engineer, and he has single molecules. And he's the only one that does, all right? And the beauty of that, of course, is the single molecule can penetrate a cell. A clump molecule group can't. Okay. And so his website is c-60.com. And he's also got a new, they've just uh, got a new water-based product that he just announced a couple of months ago that you can spray right on your skin. The original product, he uses uh, sunflower seed oil, I believe, and it's immersed in oil. Uh, Some of the other people use olive oil and different types of oil. He particularly uh, settled on sunflower seed oil, and uh, it's a heck of a product. Okay. Well, C60 that I use um, has the black seed oil in it. Right, and right. I didn't, I just didn't understand because I was like, well, you know, I mean, we got all these products out here and everybody's jumping on the ball with the C62, just like they do with the CBD oil and everything else. And I'm like, well, do I need to up my game? Do I need to change? Because, I mean, I've been taking C60 for a long, long time. Right. But. I got it through the Sarah Westall yeah. thing. Well, this Bob Greska name, I think I looked up his site, um, and he. I think I listened to some stuff a long time ago with him, um, but I didn't understand. So, does he have all different kinds of products? I think he specializes in the in the C sixty exclusive exclusively, and then they've just come on with this water based. Uh, product okay. that evidently is highly uh, highly effective too. Now I tell you, I've got I've got a little bit of the last bottle I've got here left, and what I do with it with my eyes. Cindy, I heard you say, yeah, I put day. it put it on the eyelids. It's very small; it penetrates any any skin surface, and you can use yeah. it for all kinds of stuff. I've been using it on my left foot's been giving me problems here the last few days. That was another complication and all this crap this week. And I was taking a little bit of that and rubbing it directly on my ankle, you know, because it penetrates real fast. And then on my eyes, I put it on my eyelid and then use the wand on it. 
and it yeah, not I, only it not only yeah, takes some pro, you know the c60 is not only penetrating the eyelid and the eyeball but now you're taking the wand and the frequency picks up the c60 frequency and drives it in deeper too i'm sure right right Right. It's kind of like an outside thing, like a I'm, DMS. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm so pleased, tickled to death with even a slight improvement in my eyesight. Man, it, it's hard to get eyesight stuff turned around, okay? So, Roger, will you tell me what yours, what your bottle says? Well, I can't right now. I mean, it says C60 on it. Okay. I'll look him up. Yes, Agreska, uh, he's a real, he's a real, uh, I mean, if you call the place and order... The chances are he's going to answer the phone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I after I heard that name, I'm like, well, why were they bashing the Sarah Westall thing? Because, you know, I I listened to her. That's where we got tripped into that. And um, then I heard that the other day, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's all other different alternatives and everything out there, and there's good ones and bad ones of those, too. And I was just like, well, I'm going to follow up on that. So I didn't want to interrupt your flow here with the show, but I just wanted to ask you that part because I couldn't find it on the show, so it must have been after the show. Could that have I been. Heard you. Could have been. It's a really interesting substance. Do you know how this came about for the audience? As these carbon molecules were coming to the surface, there's a test that they have called an LD50. You're familiar with that, right, Cindy? Yes. Okay. For the audience, it is an LD50 stands for legal dose 50. What dosage will kill 50% of the test animals? Okay. And so they took, arbitrarily took C60 and uh, got a, a contract with a French laboratory to test and find out the LD50 of this because they wanted to use it. It's got some, you know, a lot of implications. One of the really, really incredible impl- uh, applications for C60 is in lubricants. Did you know that? Yes, yes. Because it's a bookie ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's got this perfect round strength, the round shape. It's the strongest shape geometrically in nature because it's made up of these little triangles that all hook together in like a geodetic dome, okay? Uh-huh. So it's a fantastic lubricant because it's round, and it allows viscosity, see? And uh, so they were figuring out, well, where, where can we use this stuff? And if they're going to use it commercially, they've got to have this LD50 finding. Well, they contract with this research group in France, and they keep giving the mice this stuff, and it doesn't kill them. It makes them live longer. All right? <laughs> and so finally, to get paid, they had to go in and surgically implant, the way I understand it, enough of this stuff in in the mice to kill them so that they could turn in some results so they could get paid. But they kept giving them C60, and they just kept living. They got healthier. They got friskier. They're over there making whoopee mm-hmm. all the time and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where, when that research came out, all these people jumped on this for long longevity. Yeah. Okay? Because theoretically, you should be able to live a whole bunch more years if you're taking this substance. Now, mm-hmm. 
you know, I know uh, when we first had Gresk on, uh, a website designer out there that I knew, and he's in the Denver area, Bob's out of Denver. And so he actually picks up and goes down there and talks to him, you know, at his, at his place. And uh, Bob said, he says, man, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I get so immersed in this stuff that sometimes my feces are black. Okay, so anyway, uh, this is one of those things that flat can't hurt you, and all it can do is help you. And it's right. not a drug, see? And they can't right. do anything about it because it's just carbon. Right, right. And you what's going to... on, and what's going on here technically for folks is, if you've heard the term free radicals, I mean, that's been around how many decades now? Free radicals are causing all these problems in our physiology. And free radicals are our are, are cells or atoms that have lost an electron. And that's why they go berserko, because they've lost part of their their structure. Well, C60 has 60 carb electrons to every carbon molecule. So it goes in, you get that in your body, it's donating all of these molecules to all these free radicals that have lost an electron. That's what's going on. Yes, Merka. Just wondering, um, you usually use Skype, right? Who, me? So I'm wondering, yeah. Um, yeah, normally. Um, I'm wondering if you would be able to jump on with this to uh, talk well, to them. And- well, I, I've talked, I've talked, I haven't talked to the colloidal silver guy. He just surfaced here recently. Uh, Rince, oh, is, Rince for- is carrying his products and has him on. He had him on just the other night. Um, oh, I mean, I was talking about the C60 person. That, no. Well, with Greska, I mean, you know, I, 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 hell, he's the C60 expert. What do you want to hear from me for? If you want to join us. Well, I'm the, I know, as you can tell, I know a little bit about this already, see? I mean, this isn't news to me. Okay. So, uh, but the, the colloidal silver, there's Charlie. Well, we were hailing you earlier, girl. Thank now, you, this Roger. colloidal silver thing at that same molecular level is, is, could be pretty important, you know. Don't forget, I, you know, I worked for four years with Dr. Bart Flick. He is the expert in the world, in the world, on applications for medical conditions for silver. So, I mean, I trained under him, you know, so. Hey, Roger, sorry to go back to this again. I'm, I'm jumping on this W8BEN form oh, here. And- um, Roger. Hold on. Charlie hold on. Was, I, got, I, got two got, I got two folks, two females trying to talk at the same time. Charlie was calling in and I sent him a, uh, I sent Charlie an email to get um, on here so you and Bob can talk. Okay. Well, Charlie. About what t-shirt. Okay. I'm going to put Charlie on the back burner. There's another female that was trying to talk about this BEN thing. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Sorry. It's um, so I'm trying to fill it out here in country of citizenship. It won't even give me the option to put USA. And it's asking for a U.S. tax ID number or a foreign tax ID number to file this damn form. Okay, well, it doesn't make any difference if you put that number in there if you put the IRS on notice. You hadn't filed your affidavits yet, didn't you say? No. Okay, well, uh, you might want to file the affidavits first before you fill that out and send it back to them. Okay, and that is on the website, too. And then you're going to put the IRS on notice, see, and it doesn't matter what numbers you got in there. It's in your administrative file that your status has changed, so it doesn't make any difference. 
But if they don't have even the United States as a country of citizenship for option, like just throw in some random country. I What is it, a checkbox or something you write in? It's a checkbox. So, and it's got all the countries in there, but not the United States. This is a Airbnb form? Yep. Put the U.S. in there. If that's your you only can't. option. You see, it doesn't, that form doesn't mean shit. What makes a difference is what's in possession of the secretary and the people you put on notice. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Charlie. By the way, I was doubly muted. That's the way I usually try to be. So, um, And I had a landscape crew outside. So, Paul, I didn't hear. Hope what they don't cut your internet. <laughs> Well, actually, the internet is down right now, so I don't know what's going on. Um, maybe they oh, already maybe they know. already cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, um, Paul? How much of it? Um, what I shared with you yesterday? Did you share on the um, uh, on the uh, broadcast right vir- now? I virtually nothing. Any of it? I just told everybody how important it was and how uh, germane it was to the conversation at large. But I wasn't going to steal your thunder. No, no, no. Start from the beginning, sweetie. Paul knows that the female is deadlier than the male. Go ahead, Charles. <laughs> okay. Roger already is aware, so is, is Paul and a couple other folks, that I'm t- definitely a geek about definitions um, to stay away from the hybrid English. Okay. But um, the word person is is definitely Ooh. making me always hyper vigilant to paying attention. Now again to the manual of style, if you have a root word that's already tainted or not defined properly, um, anything before it, like a natural person, is is definitely um, uh, basically going to sour that definition. Well see it doesn't so have any a, a natural that. doesn't have anything to do with the legal definition of person. Absolutely. Okay. In Title 26, in Section 7701, that's basically definitions, guys. Under 30, it says United States person. Right. The oh, term yeah. United States person. That's okay, federal, that's federal citizen. citizen. or resident. Yep, that's federal well, it, person right citizen there. Citizen or resident. Yep. Absolutely. So basically what I was seeing in that is, is going back to the state's by the way, which is a country, okay, and seeing their nonsense when they have construction of person or natural person. It matters not at that point because essentially the, the, that root term is already tainted and it's already defining it's a citizen or a resident. So you can't go down that water slide into their statutes and codes and make it applicable to a man or a woman. And that's all I was seeing through okay. that. Okay. All so right. Well, let's I go back. With Paul because was- all right. Let's take this yeah. back to the teachings here that they don't teach in law schools anymore and haven't, best I can tell, except a few exceptions for probably 90 years. This is the reason nobody knows this stuff. Okay. When they took over the American Association of Colleges and Law Schools, if they can move that convention to Chicago on New Year's Eve, they can damn sure uh, oversee all the curriculums. Okay. Anybody want to argue with that? Nope. All right. So they've been controlling the curriculum so they could hide this stuff from the law students, I believe, probably since the 20s. Okay. 
they've been working on this. The only reason I know what I'm going to tell you is because John W. Benson was my law teacher. He studied the law his entire life, and he didn't do it in law schools. That's the reason we know this. Okay, And it all goes back. We alluded to it earlier. R plus D equals R. R plus D equals R. Rights plus duties equal remedies. That formula runs the world because it controls every system of law on the planet. And the way you determine on the left side of the equation, R plus D. Now, see, this is where you can get in. If Brent was on here and Brent would come in, and we've had these discussions in the past, that rights and duties are not, there wouldn't be a plus sign there. They'd be overlaid on each other. And that they're the same thing. In other words, we've heard. I heard Vieira, Edwin Vieira, on rents a while back, and he was talking about this, and he had made a very interesting statement. He said, "Rights arise out of duties." Now, isn't that interesting? Okay. So, but for our purposes here, in the simplicity of a lot of new people that have no background in all this, is to teach it the simplest way possible. If, as you get your arms around it and have a better understanding, if you want to look at it like they're the same, as Brent would say, or you want to look at it like a right arises out of a duty, like Vieira would say, that's fine. But let's get the basic understanding down first, okay? R plus D, rights plus duties equal remedies. Notice that there's two objects on the left side of that equation, and there's an equal sign, which means they're equal, to one on the right, a remedy. Okay, and as I've said so many times, in our community, you hear a whole bunch of people talking about rights, don't you? I mean, idiots. I don't take away my civil rights. I've heard that statement, okay? So rights plus duties the two entities are equal to the one on the other side of the equation of the equal sign. So where you get your rights and to whom you owe the correlative duty is the person you are. This is how you determine it every time. And you don't have to go to some statute. You don't have to go to some law book. You can figure it out in your own little cranium there. If you receive your rights, civil rights from the federal government, for example, then you owe the correlative duty, such as adhering to all regulations of the administrative state and pay your taxes. If you get your rights from God after you file this affidavit, now you owe God your duties and not the federal government and their administrative agencies. And that's determined by which person you are. It's not, am I a person? You know, in our whole patriot community, I don't want to be a person. Don't want to be a person. That's like Bill, Bill Rich, Clint Richardson. Oh, I don't want to be a person. You know, it says right here in the Bible, stay away from persons who are evil. And when I had him on the show that disastrous day, I said, well, what about the persons that are good? See how he took that statement from the Bible, stay away from persons who are evil. evil. So his conclusion is you don't you want to stay away from you don't want to be a person. That doesn't say that what about the persons that are good as opposed to the ones that are evil. See how people misconstrue this? Okay, and it's because they don't understand what I'm teaching you right here. R plus D equals R. Formula runs the world. It determines which legal person you are according to whence you get your rights and to whom you owe your duties. That's the legal person you are. In the law, 
Charlie, since you're digging into this, they always, no exception, refer to natural persons, as you were saying earlier, which is another term our our community likes to throw around, is individual. And the reason for that is because the rights and the duties are contained within the same entity. A person is an entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties. That's the legal definition. An entity doesn't say a corporation, does it? It says an entity. A person is an entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties. Your person can be a trust. Your person can be a partnership. Your person can be a corporation, a variety of them. Or it can be this other little thing over here called an individual. Why is an individual always in law a natural person? Because the rights and the duties are contained in the same entity. In a corporation, they're split. The corporation has the rights, but the duties are from the board of directors. And if it's a heinous enough situation, you can pierce the corporate veil. That's the legal terminology. Pierce the corporate veil, and you can go after the board of directors. But we got all kind of heinous stuff going on, but the corporate world controls the structure of the government, and they ain't going to go after them. Okay, but there's your technical legal basis. R plus D equals R. Very important to understand. An entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties is a person. You can always figure out what person it is by determining where you get your rights and to whom you owe your duties. Does that make sense? Roger. Roger. Yes. If, yes, it does. If I may, on the term individual, sorry, guys, um, and I'm, I'm, I know Roger's here has probably fallen out when I speak, um, but the term individual, I see that more often I've associated that with Title 26, which is um, the IRS statute. Okay. It okay? says right there, and the, Charlie, let me stop. It's in, And I've commented on this, <laughs> and I'm not sure why. They, they parse every word they put in this stuff, okay? Absolutely. And you go into the jurisdictional statement at 1.1-1A there in Title 26, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents, and to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals is in there again. Okay, the last comment I want to make is you ruined me um, I since I've seen your, your – you did. God, we've um, never even gone I, out I, on a date, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the term citizen um, has been hyper-vigilant in, oh, in the past three months. Okay, and I just actually today for the first time out of all the words that I have gone – or the terms I've gone through – I never looked in the Colorado Revised Statute for citizen. I just looked early this morning, about 5 o'clock, and the only place I could find citizen, not a, a clean definition, was citizen arrest. So anyone that has the propensity to go into their revised statute of their country, meaning their state, go in and look for the term citizen. I'd be curious if anybody comes back with a clean term on that, well, and I yield. Yeah, uh, let me ask you, have you gone into the Colorado statutes and looked for the word national, Charlie? No. Absolutely, it's not there. It's there. Because most of the statutes are written for residents. 
Oh, there's an abundance of residents. Oh, the ab- oh ab- everything. Well, they see until they got jurisdiction, they can't write these man-made laws, these statutes for you. Yeah. Well, that's so, why what I shared with Paul, like I said, that se- section seventy-seven hundred one. To me, it was a, a it was a very rewarding aha okay. moment because immediately I said, "This is no different than them using the term natural person." And like I said, I yield. Thank okay. you, Roger. Now you can go over back to this IRS bill we're talking about there on the top right of the first page and flip over to the next page, and there's a question there. It says, who is a citizen? Who is a citizen? And it says, Every, anyone born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's 14th Amendment. God damn it. Roger. Yeah. Roger. Oh yeah, uh, I want to jump. Uh, I want to know if Charlie wants to share the second piece, the second morsel of yumminess that she shared with me yesterday uh, from Fam Guardian. Okay, what's Joshua got got in there? See, he and he he insists on calling it a statutory citizen. Statutory citizen. He likes that terminology. Okay, but I can't find anywhere in the statute this is identified. I can find it in the Constitution under the Fourteenth Amendment. Well, uh, there's a page on Fam Guardian, and it's uh, under taxes, citizenship, and it's resident HTM, and it is you are not a statutory resident under the Internal Revenue Code. And there is 11 pages of great information and awesome links in there, including a link right to Vitell's Law of Nations and uh, now, all, all kinds of other interesting now, stuff. Now, this is very interesting. When I first started talking about this on the air, uh, a listener sent me the copies of the pages out of Vitell's Law of Nations that deals with residency. Okay, And in Vitell's Law of Nations, he never uses the term resident. Yeah, they have a reference. Guess uh, what he uses? Guess what he uses? What's that? Resident alien. See, they've okay. dropped the alien off of there because it's too identifiable. The Because uh, when you're a resident, you are an alien because you're exactly. under the laws of wherever your residency is. Yeah, they, they cite uh, the location in the book as Book 1, Chapter 19, Section 213, page 87. Is that Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I used to have it around here somewhere, probably still do on some hard drive folder somewhere. somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, and that's why I say if you, if you want to go back to the – and you want to be an etymology researcher here, the origins of the word – Go back and research resonant where they split that apart and assigned a geographical definition to the word resonant. I believe you'll find the origins of this plan because it all revolves around that word right there. Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. There was somebody saying something a minute ago. Yes, is that you? It's Mike, it's Mike in Arizona. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, uh, to clarify on that point, when you're a citizen of the United States, you're a citizen of the United States resident in your state. Correct. So that's why you're foreign. Correct. Because you're a U.S. person. Correct. Uh, 
And uh, I want to make a, a quick minor correction to some of the things that you said relative to the jurat. Uh, you've been saying that uh, the uh, within the United States just uh, omits of America, but it doesn't. It omits under the laws of the United States of America. Okay. But within jurat is simply mentions no jurisdiction. It's presumed, uh, uh, you know, that that you're within the United States. There's no mention of it. It's just a presumption. But to defeat that presumption, you use the without. Uh, jurat because that puts you under the laws of the United States of America instead, Correct. which I, I interpret to be the, the laws of the state. Uh, because it is that don't that don't apply to residents. No, no, to 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 basically state persons. Correct. Well, or, uh, I mean, here comes the state citizenship or state national and all that stuff. Exactly. But you and don't want to call it that. You don't want to identify it that. You want to use their nomenclature here. You well, I, use, I did use their nomenclature I, I, in, in a way. But I, I want to clarify one of the definitions of national United States. They talk about it. It means a citizen of the United States or B a person who, though not a citizen of the United States, owes permanent allegiance to the United States. So if you're a citizen, uh, national of the United States, you still owe allegiance to the United States. So that seems to me like you're you're still uh, a serf. I think you I think you owe allegiance to the United States of America, not the United States. Well, not if you're a national of the United States. I think. Uh, well, now you know you know what that is, don't you? You know what they're doing right there. You don't. Well, not, they're no, leaving I, I off. They're leaving off non-citizen to fool you. Because American Samoans do owe complete allegiance to the United States because they're in the United States system. They're just unincorporated. This is why they put them down there so they could leave things off like non-citizen in that definition and fool you and confuse you. Well, that's that's a possibility, but no, that's it's not, not a possibility. It's a definite. I'm going to give you another okay. example. Title Eight over where it says a national, someone born in American Samoa, Swains Island, or the outlying territories. There's American Samoa and Swains Island. Why didn't they put non-citizen national there? I I, I don't presume to know, but okay. Uh, well, then I'm going to tell you why. Because outlying territories is the states. And they couldn't put non-citizen yep. and include the states because that's not accurate. So they just dropped it to national, and they included the other two to fool you and hid the states under outlying territories. This is the bastards we're dealing with here, okay? Okay, and a, and a, and a quick update on what I've been doing. I've, I've got my uh, affidavit notarized and legalized. I took it down to the Secretary of State. And anybody who's listened a couple weeks ago when I was describing this, uh, Katie Hobbs uh, has the customer service counter almost completely closed. You can't walk in and do your business there. You either have to do it by mail or they have a little drop box at the front door. You can drop your business off there to save, you know, one-way mailing. So I I did, uh, not yesterday, but the Friday before I dropped off my uh, – uh, request to have it legalized and surprisingly it showed up in the in my mail on monday so i'd say that's pretty quick service when you say uh, so legalized what do you mean uh, filed with what the i mean what we, what we discussed a couple of a weeks ago about getting a an authentication as opposed to an apostille okay all right 
I got the authentication. And like I said, it just took over the weekend. They, they must have gone to work on it Friday and taken care of it and put it in the mail Friday because I dropped it there about noon. So that afternoon, they must have processed it okay. and put it in the mail. If I had it Monday, I was very right. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I've gone down and recorded uh, my affidavit with the apostille, or not the apostille, the authentication. So that's ready. All I'm waiting for is a couple of weeks until I get my appointment at the post office and send all that off to Washington. I don't know what that I'll have be able to determine anything definite to report on that, but uh, that's the way I'm doing the process, which okay. differs. But I think the reason it stemmed from is apparently somebody from Arizona had said that they wouldn't record their affidavit because they said it was foreign, which from their standpoint, since you've, uh, the jurat says United States of America and they're United States, it's correct. It is foreign which is why I did the legalization. That brings it back into the public domain or the United States domain, what have you. Uh, and uh, the impression I had with the clerk that I dealt with yesterday at the county recorder is that she would have recorded anything I handed her. So I don't – it probably depends it, on the clerk and what they're doing. It varies jurisdiction to jurisdiction, who's running the office and who's got a, you know, a, a misinformation and wants to call the sovereign citizen squad on you, you know. Yeah, she seemed like a nice lady, and yeah. and uh, well, I remember to, to, you know Daryl, uh, Daryl. Of course, I don't guess Daryl's with us today there in Etowah County, Alabama, when he went to record this small county, you know, large county but mm-hmm. small population, and he went into the recorder's office and handed it to her and said, "I'd like to record this," and she goes, "Okay," and Daryl says, "Don't you want to read it?" and she said. It's none of my business. That's exactly correct. It's none of their business, which is what there have been times I've had stuff refused, and I'm like, why are they refusing this? And I, I think maybe it was the form that I used because the content is none of their business, but if it's in the wrong form, uh, the jurat or the acknowledgement or whatever is incorrect. Well, then, then that could throw up, but certainly an affidavit is not any kind of incorrect form. No, if you've done your affidavit correctly, that's nothing that they, they can argue okay. with. And like I said, the only, the only thing if if they're going to do some kind of strict interpretation and say, well, that's a foreign document, we can't record that. Well, that's why I went ahead and did the uh, authentication. Yeah. Okay, well, you overcame their objection. You know, this word you've uh, well, used I, a couple of times in there is pretty important, though, because it confuses people. Apostille, okay? And I've had to do anybody that's living outside the country and you're going to do anything with the country you're living in, everything's got to be apostilled. Okay, and all that means is like, let's say you're moving down here and you got your Social Security is your ticket to getting residency. Okay, and so you're going to they're going to require you to get some kind of a statement from Social Security Administration. And then you got to go and get that apostilled. Okay, and what that means is they take it to somebody from Ecuador there in D.C., and they check on the rolls and make sure that the person that notarized your affidavit is a certified notary. That's all an apostille is. That's all the, that's all the authentications. The difference between the two is simply this. You get the apostille. If the two countries involved are both signatories to the Hague right. Apostille Convention, then you need the apostille. Right. If either of them is not a signatory to that, like Vietnam's not, Kenya's not, Taiwan's not. You know, there's not that many countries left that aren't, but there are a few out there. So if you want to get that certification or that authentication rather than the apostille, you have to specify a non-Hague country. And that's Kenya's right not? Okay. Kenya's not, that's correct. 
That's why Obama couldn't provide his birth certificate. Obama oh, couldn't provide, provide his birth certificate because they don't want you to know his daddy was uh, that that black communist jazz guy from Chicago. <laughs> Frank, uh, what's his name? Frank Lloyd Davis. Frank something Davis. Oh, no, no. I don't know if he's a jazz guy. What, what is Frank something or other? He's a, 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 a died in the wool, you know, out of the closet communist. Absolutely. Pure and simple. Absolutely. Uh, uh, he, he may have been a jazz musician too. I don't know. I can't. Oh, he, he wrote jazz a, columns. He wasn't a musician. He wrote about jazz. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he was. He was a very. Uh, uh, Roger. Hold on. Somebody's trying some. to talk over us. Go ahead. No. Who? Goes? Yes. Yes, I have a question, Rogers. Um, I have, I have an appointment for authentication. With who? Already... You have a, hold it. You got a little bit of an accent. You got an appointment with who? With the authentication. All right, hold it. I'm going to have to ask you again. Yes, naturalization certificate oh. authentication. Okay, so you've... And I already sent my affidavit to the Secretary of State. Okay. What do you think about that? All Should right, I hold on, hold on, part? hold on. I'm confused. Have you been naturalized? Yes, I yes I was naturalized twenty okay. years ago. All right, well then you qualify to do this. So you you sent in an affidavit to the Secretary of State, cold, three weeks ago. Okay, good deal. And then, should I go for that authentication? I'll be too late unless you start over. Oh, I, I'm I'm still missing a word. Should you go for what? What word is he using? Authentication. Yes, the certificate, naturalization certificate for authentication. I wonder if I should go since I already made the, I already sent my letter to the to the Secretary of State. Well, if you're naturalized, then then you, to my knowledge, you've got the ability to change statuses. Now, did did you send them in your package a, your a copy of your certificate of naturalization? No. Okay. Now, and what are you trying to do now? Now, my question is, should I go to that appointment since I already sent my... Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, well, it's an appointment to go get your certificate. Yes, authentication. Yeah, yeah, go get that. No problem? I don't see any problem. You've already been naturalized, right? Yes. Okay. Well, then all you're going to go do is go get the certificate. Am I understanding you correctly? I'm, I'm having a little bit of a difficult time here. Okay. I have the certificate of naturalization. naturalization. Okay. Well, then you're Young, clear. Long ago. All right. And I had that appointment three months ago, and I just received the, the date Okay, well, here's my disconnect. You've already got the certificate of naturalization. What's the appointment for? To authenticate, for authentication. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, go authenticate it. So no problem. I will I not don't be see in any danger. Problem. I don't see any danger there. You're just getting something you've already had authenticated. And I, even though I am already, I already sent my. Well, it doesn't make any uh, difference. The affidavit is on your naturalization. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, you fit that criteria. 
you got a certificate you've had for a while you send in your affidavit now you're going to go get your certificate authenticated yes yeah there's no problem there that i see no problem so okay good so my heart i don't i don't need to be afraid of anything just go and do it i think that's pretty correct now, hey, Roger. What, what what what's your ethnicity uh, from Haiti. Okay, from Haiti. No, I don't see any problem. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank you very well, much. Congratulations on getting out of Haiti. Yeah, who was trying hey, to say something? Yeah, does that Dan? Oh, yeah, hi. This is uh, Dan from Southern California. Oh, hey, Dan. How's it going? Okay, so I got a question about all this uh, birth certificate authentication and apostille. Uh, if the birth certificate and the Social Security um, account or number or whatever is not a nexus no. to the system and it's only the 14th amendment then what is the significance or reason for getting your birth certificate authenticated by the state department if if it's not a nexus to the system i don't, I don't i've that. never heard of you having to get a birth certificate authenticated by the state department okay because back when i was um uh, following kind of the state assembly, California assembly. That might be your first problem. Go ahead. Okay. So, so they recommended, okay, uh, go get your birth certificate, go get it authenticated first by the, the state that you're in and then send it off to the state department in Washington to get it authenticated. So I've I did all that. I've heard but. of them authenticating a birth certificate of the state department. This is more Anna von Reich's is crazy crap. Yeah. 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 It must be, uh, well, I'm, uh, people you do order, it to, first of all, people generally don't have a copy of their birth certificate when they come up against these conditions. So you have to go order certified copies of your birth certificate from the state vital statistics or whatever they call it in your state they send you back a certified copy i don't know about any authentication crap no yeah that's that's what i got yeah i got a copy of it from uh from the state right and then uh because originally i was born in michigan so i got a copy of it right then i got a um apostilled from the state of michigan and sent it off to the state department in washington and they sent it back with uh what a, what did you get it up uh, because you're in a different state it required an apostille when it came from the state michigan vital statistics and certified yeah it came with a uh an apostille stamp okay uh, well they're they're probably just i don't know i don't know i don't know go go ahead okay well i don't know people were just uh i, I heard some conversation about it that people were talking well, about you'll hear a lot of conversation wanted. in the patriot community and most of them don't know what the hell they're talking about have you learned that yet? oh no this this was just recently uh on uh, people were on the chat on the jitsi oh, okay. board were, were just talking about it. that's why i was asking the question okay. but right. uh, apparently there's a, a usc code and it's in the, like the lower left hand of the authentication that says you know if you if you do have this authenticated then you are the holder in due course it's as good as any it's as good as the original okay if you, you have this authentication so i would say that's basically the for the same thing as being certified okay all right great but but as far as um it being a nexus to the system no, or, or getting you out of this no it represents it the nexus to the system is when they took the information and forwarded it to the vital statistics and they printed the birth certificate 
it's just represents the condition that was assigned to you at birth under this birthright citizenship fraud. Okay. All right. Great. And then, uh, what, one other, uh, quick question was in regards to the passport. So now that I got my green card back from uh, the state department. And so I want to go ahead and with the passport process, um, do I, uh, on the, the passport application, the DS 82, uh, what would be the reason for the renewal? I guess, uh, Gonna, is there I don't think they ask there? you a question. Or you, or, or, all right, let's get everything straight. Your DS-82, so you've got an existing passport. Is it open or is it expired? No, no, it's active. It's current. Okay, well, do you have a passport card with that too? No, no, all I right, don't. Well, that's all you're going to do here is apply for a passport card. Oh, okay, all right. And then uh, I guess it's all on the back end where when they run your passport card or they run your passport book in on the back end of their system it's going to say okay your status is correct national correct it's going to show up in your, it's going to show up in your profile when they run it they're not going to put that anywhere that you can identify it on any kind of document they send it send you because they don't want you going to all the other sheep and going nah, 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 i'm different <laughs> from you right. okay gotcha and our okay, people, so our people, just, our people just don't have the ability to think through this. And hell, they're the ones that want to be free, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. So just send an affidavit with the the DS eighty two, and just then uh, shop process. In there, just pay them thirty dollars okay. for your card, and go on about your way. Okay, great. Thanks for answering the questions. Okay, no problem, hey, Dan. Hey, Roger. Yes, Marco. Hi, Roger. On the passport. Um, Hold on, we're gonna go to Marco. There's a guy in the background on the passport. What, Marco? Like what um, Dan was asking, um, if, when you're renewing and you still have a, um, a valid passport, ca- uh, the passport book, you just get the passport card, correct? And it should update everything and just renew. Well, it's gonna, the book gonna later, right, right? Let, Let's go back to what's going on here. When you got your passport book, when you applied for it before, you were in a different legal personality. You right. were a citizen of the United States, and you didn't tell them different. So the presumption rolled on. Now you're doing a renewal. You've already got an active passport book. Now you're doing a renewal with an affidavit, and you're only getting a card. That will change your status. But okay. if you need to travel internationally, you can still use your existing open passport because that's where you got to have a passport book so they can put visa stamps in it. So everything will just transfer over. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll have one. You'll 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 have one document that's under one legal personage, and the other one over the other legal personage. If you got the money, you want to apply for a new book and a new passport while your other one's open. Go ahead and do that. You'll just switch both of them. Okay, that's what I was. But I don't think these days with 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 currency as tight as it is and people going through what we're going through unless you just got an exorbitant amount of extra funds i can't see the reason for you to have a passport book right if you've already got one open it doesn't make sense but if you want to do it you do it okay thank you all right who was the guy that was trying to ask something there roger yes this is ron in georgia hey ron this is going to give my weekly secretary of state update oh, okay and <laughs> you want I'm me to guess you want me to guess they're still standing mute 
Yeah, they're standing mute. I sent another email on Monday to the Secretary of State's guy, the local person, and there's actually the local law firm that the county uses is also on that chain. And oh, good. Not not a word at all. And uh, I don't. I'm probably not going to get anything until after the election. I'm sure they're all hands on deck uh, to to some degree with yeah, that. They're trying to figure out ahead of time how to rig it. Oh, I'm sure they already have rigged it. I mean, it's, you know, but like you've always said, the local people are the most important. So, uh, but I also wanted to share uh, Wednesday, I had the opportunity to go well, through. I'll tell you, hold on. T- Let me stop you, Riv. Hold that. Why don't you reach out to the law firm that works with Spalding County? Reach out to them and just kind of get their thoughts on it. Well, just try and say, look, I'm trying to get through this and get this settled before the election. You guys are the law firm that oversees this. I can't get an answer out of the state. I can't get an answer out of the local people. You seem to be their their legal consultants. Can can I can we talk about this and why I can't get this done? Yeah. So just a suggestion. You don't have to do it. Yeah, that's something I. I'm considering the next uh, few days because, yeah, we're, we're counting down really, really quick to the election. But the other thing I wanted to mention, Wednesday afternoon, I, I was able to go through, I created a, a presentation, and Roger, you've seen it, I, I sent it to you, yeah, of just kind of this whole process in PowerPoint form, the Constitution, the laws, the, the sections of USC. I went through that with my CPA on Wednesday afternoon. Really? And... I could see lights going off in his head. I mean, he was, you know, it's, it's a lot of information to take in in 45 oh, yeah. minutes, you oh, know, yeah. if, if oh, you've yeah. never seen it. Uh, but he's he's very, he does have a, a good level of interest. He's, he's gone on to some other people that he knows. And um, he said he, at some point, might be interested in doing a, a one-on-one with you or something or even getting on the show. But I, I think it would be really incredible to have several CPAs or tax professionals join our team. I mean, the the insights that you would get from that when they understand what we know, combine it with what they know, um, it, it could be a really, really powerful thing. Well, don't forget, they're all authorized agents of the IRS. And that's true. Okay. And, they're, and he also, he made a comment, well, man, this just put me out of business. <laughs> Well, and and, yeah. and and right there's the reason most of them will not even pay attention. Yeah. So, but anyway, for what that's worth, you know, and then I had back, a lunch. Are you familiar with the Hazard Flyer? Wasn't that the name of it? Hazard Circular. You familiar with that, Ron? I am not. No. It was an old. You might want to go look it up. Hazard Circular. It surfaced back in the 1800s. And it was a, a letter or a, that got leaked from the Rothschilds talking about this system and how that, I remember the, I can't phrase it exactly, but everyone involved with the system will be beholding to it. And that's a perfect example of that right there. Including judges, including government officials. Absolutely. I mean, it just it goes on and on. It's all based on them being able to give them pensions and a future and pay them and all this stuff, and that all depends on you being a citizen of the United States and them collateralizing your future income to be extracted by the IRS to pay the bondholders their coupon payments. That is where the rubber meets the road right there.
Yeah. But just um, the, the coolest part of that was the satisfaction at the end of that call of, of sharing the material really for the first time for me. I've been immersed in learning it, but it was it was just really empowering. And then I had a lunch yesterday, and I was kind of doing what Adam in, in Alabama has been doing. Um, so, I mean, that is a bug. You start to share it when you when you have like-minded people, and it's very empowering because you, you learn the material even better when you're, you're teaching it to somebody. So I would just encourage – I'm only two months into this, so everybody, uh, that's just my, uh, my I wanna, experience. I want to commend you on, on the way you've attacked this in those two months, Ron. And, you know, it just depends on the personality. When this information hits you – it when it hit me, it just took over my life thirty years ago and has guided my life, and it's happening to you too. See, and you can tell that by the way you react to it. It does, and it's there, there's so many things to learn. I, I was really grateful for the conversations on this program Wednesday, talking about small businesses and everything. I've listened to that show twice because there were so many good nuggets in there. And yeah, there's just, there's so much to learn and you have to almost relearn a huge chunk of, of how you do life. So yeah. there's you know, always, first thing you got to do is unlearn all that crap. You know, it's like the, the old Mark Twain quote, it ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. It is. So I'll um, yield that uh, we're at the end of the show, but I just want to give okay. that quick update. Thank well, you thanks, so much. Ron. We're sure glad you found us. Hey. I, I really hey, appreciate Ron. you holding those people's feet to the fire down there. And it's coming to me more and more how important this uh, registration with election stuff can be. Okay. Well, hopefully in a few weeks, Nadine can send them something and John and Alpharetta and, you know, they just start to get get inundated with it and they're not going to be able to ignore it. That's exactly the, the MO here. Okay, that's hey, why all these notices are so important. Is that Merca or who's trying to cut in there? It was Joan in Arizona. Hello, Joan. Uh, I was I was wondering. You're talking about the voting and everything, and you know I've already you know got my green card back and everything from the state. But I wanted to know. Um, I haven't done anything on changing my um, my voting status or anything. Am I going against the law if I go in and um, vote under where you know where I'm you, right now? And you know they're not going to prosecute you for it, you know. But this is a real good way to re-educate people in this election thing. Obviously, very important right now, and the fact that I'm not this citizen of the United States with a voting franchise. I'm a national, and I got political rights. How do I vote? Now, who do I go to? to Supervisor ask of elections. It's the first place you go. What Ron did, they he's coordinated, and they sent him from his county to the uh, uh, the people at the Secretary of State that oversee elections. And they wrote him back real quick first time. Oh, yeah, as a resident, you as long as you reside in Spalding County, you can vote. Well, then he hit him back with, well, hold on, I'm not a resident. Okay, and now he can't get an answer out of them. Oh, so I might mess it up if I um, well, I don't try think doing you, Well, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think you can mess it up, but what you're doing is asserting your new status and holding their feet to the fire on something that they probably don't know anything about, quite frankly. Yeah. 
Okay. And see, this is what I say. Our job here is to help educate everybody. And you do that by pressing these envelopes. That's true. Okay. I do have one other question too. All right. I wanted to know, um, when you're, if you, I'm going to purchase another, uh, again, and I wanted to know, um, I'm already on there because I've got my concealed carry and everything, but I wanted to know when you go get a gun, you have to fill out the paperwork. Is there something on there that I, um, cause you know, I know there's a thing. Are you a citizen that, you know, is there something different I should Mike? be? You have to fill that out. I'm going to hail Mike. I'm here. All right. Tell her, Mike. Okay. When you fill out the 4473, uh, it's going to ask you, it's going to say what citizenship of what country, if it's applicable. Then you keep reading. It's going to say U.S. citizen, national, click USA. You click that or exit or check mark it doesn't matter so this is one of the few places i've we found where they ask yeah. you both statuses in one sentence then they're going to ask you a whole bunch of specific questions and the first question is are you the the buyer the transfer of the weapon and you say yes okay then it's going to ask you a whole bunch of more questions and 90 percent of them is going to be no you're not a felon you're not under indictment you don't smoke marijuana blah 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 the very last question is going to ask, it's going to be 21.1 and 21.2. And and then you're going to click, uh, it's going to ask you that, and you're going to click, uh, I can't remember exactly what the question is, but it's going to say U.S. citizen, U.S. national, uh, N.A. to 21.2. It's asking something specific. I, give me a second, and I'll tell you what it says. Okay, generally what our experience, Joan, is they ask you on the background check and and you say, no, I'm a national, and they'll do the background check and they'll come back and say, sell it to her, okay? Okay, I got the form in front of me. Okay, it says 21.1.1, are you an alien who has been admitted to the United States under non-immigration visa? No. Oh, no. Then the next one. Okay, okay, go ahead. Then the next one. 21.1.2, 21.1.2, are you such an alien? Do you fall under with any ex- exceptions stated in instructions? U.S. citizens slash nationals leave 21.1.2 blank. There you go. So you put no on that one, right? Okay, the first question is going to ask you, uh, are you an actual transfer buyer of firearms? Yes. Then it's going to ask you all if you're a felon, smoke marijuana, if you've given up your citizenship, if you got a, a protection order and all that. All that's going to be no. The last two, the last one question is in two parts. The first part is, are you an alien who has been admitted to the United States under a non-immigration visa? No. The next part of the same question is asked you, if you were such an alien, do you fall within the exception stated in the instructions? U.S. citizens slash nationals leave that blank. So the last question is in two parts. The the, you write you click no, and the last one you leave blank, and that's it. Can we go back to the original citizenship question? Now, what did they list? U.S. citizen, national. Did you say USA? I will read it to you. Question nineteen. Country of citizenship, it gives you two options, United States of America, USA, 
other country countries specify. It gives you checklist more than one, if applicable. Nationals of the United States may check USA. There you go. And that is there a national because you're a national citizen. That's in the new 4473, the newest one, that all federal firearms licensed people have. Okay. You can carry, Large. you can open carry out there, can't you, Joan, in Arizona? Yep. There you go. Yeah, Paul, what were you trying to say? Oh, I got to jump in here. Ron from Georgia, uh, I would dearly love to get a copy of that PowerPoint. I, I sent you a message in the chat with my email address, and I sent a couple of other links on the citizenship and definitions and a link from famguardian.org. I got that information from Charlie. I'm not trying to steal anyone's thunder, and I believe in giving credit where credit is due. Yep. And with that, I'm out of here. Okay. Hey, Paul. Dawn has yeah. that information in her Telegram channel in the uh, media files. Oh, cool. All right. Thank well, you. there's our whistler. That means we're out of time for this Saturday edition. Good brisk show. Good being back with you guys after a couple of days hiatus here. And uh, got to do the Sunday shows tomorrow. It looks like we'll be able to do that. And uh, then we'll be back with you guys here on this platform on Monday. So, uh, otherwise than that, glad you showed up with us today. And uh, thanks. Hope you got something out of it. A lot of good ground covered today, folks. These Saturday shows are nice, actually. So, uh, have a good rest of your Saturday. And uh, we'll just judiciously move forward as a good working team, okay? Thank you, Roger. You're welcome. So, I was going to give us a little more verbiage here, a little singing, and some acapella stuff going on in the background and we'll call it a day i'm going to dart out of here real quick because i think i'm going to go join the guys for lunch real quick and come back and watch football so uh that'll be my saturday i hope yours is going to be a good one and uh i appreciate all of you okay you know as you get out and start talking to people more about this you're going to find out why i appreciate you more okay and i want to uh Back up what Ron said. If you want to learn this information, go find people and start teaching it to them. You're going to find out real quick what you don't understand. Go back and fill in the blanks, and then go find somebody else to teach it to. Hey, hey, Roger, you got time for one more question? Well, I, let me get off of the uh, let me get off of this server here, and I'll be able to do that. There you go, Byron. Down, and there we go. We're going to lay it down, and we're going to X out. And yes, we want.